Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Bull the Puck! Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Overcast. And welcome back. The uh, Christmas break is over, but I think the Capitals thought it was actually Easter and not Christmas because, boy, did they lay an egg against the New York Rangers. Joining me, as always, to talk all about it, Coach Dan. He loved that joke. He absolutely loved it. You should see him right now. Oh, that was terrible. (laughs) <laughs> what's up coach dan how you doing how was christmas uh it was good as anybody that uh, may watch a, a clip of this later you'll see the nice little gift i got from brandon so thank you buddy um it was good it was good time of family time to relax <clears throat> i have a, a four-year-old time to get sick again sounds like <laughs> no time to we're recording in the morning and i haven't had coffee or anything yet um yeah I have a four-year-old, and so he was uh, just overwhelmed with everything going on. He wanted, he said, 100 presents. I ain't got that kind of money, so that didn't happen. Uh, but no, it well, was that, good. That's How when you it? start, like, wrapping up, like, uh, individual, like, Q-tips or something like that till you get to 100, <laughs> you know? <laughs> get, like, the big bag of Reese's peanut butter cups from Halloween and wrap each one individually. That would take far too long. But no, mine was good. How was yours? It was really good. Yeah, Christmas was very nice. Uh, you know, I spent it in Ocean City. It's my home away from home. I uh, got to spend it with the family. We had some great food, some turkey, some ham. Milady got me tickets to a Hershey Bears game coming up, so that's going to be really fun and uh, good stuff and get to see some prospects. Maybe I'll see uh, Henrik LaPierre and Mir Shevchenko if they get sent back down. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, solid, uh, solid gift uh, from from her. Great Christmas Day. It was awesome. 
But uh, the Capitals are back at work. They went up to Madison Square Garden a night after uh, WWE had their first uh, holiday event on the 26th. But the Capitals were up against the Rangers and uh, not a game that I think any Caps fans are really going to be itching to talk about again soon because, uh, wow, what what a what a final score. Things things went from bad to worse in that game. I mean, it was just another one of those games where when they lose, they go hard losing like nobody's yeah. losing like they except for who do the penguins play last night like the predators or something i don't know who they play oh, i think they, it was the islanders wasn't the it? islanders sorry um it's like seven nothing chris letang is I, I don't like talking about the penguins but still an impressive feat five points in a period i was like, jesus like i get it like defensemen tend to play a lot and he's obviously one of the top he's the penguins top defenseman he's a very good defenseman but like was anyone playing on defense on the other team like, were they just, I mean, I can't say much considering the Caps played pretty poorly, but they gave up five goals in the game, not in a period. So they weren't quite as bad. But no, it just, it was another situation where they played well in the first, I thought. You know, they came out to the lead. Anthony Mantha's resurgence continues. Yeah, and really a storied uh, season with this new coach. Yeah, it's really working out well for him. I think it's worked out well, him playing with McMichael and Protus. That's been a really good line. Protus is getting good stats. McMichael looks like a, a you know, we talk, he's looked like this for pretty much most of the season, if not the entire season, including preseason, but he's an NHL player. And he's a second line center with Protus on the left and Mantha on the right. And they're playing really well up until the start of the second period. And then it just kind of went downhill from there. And that was the end of it. They just, it was, it was, a, it was just a bad game. Now, it's easy to kind of focus on that one thing when they've gone since we last talked, they've gone two one and one. So out of a, a total of what is that? Eight points. They've gotten five. Yeah. So I'll, if you can get out of every eight points you can possibly get, you get five. I'll take that. That's playoff numbers right there. That's getting you into the playoffs. And when you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. So, you know, I'll take it. At least it's a good start. You know, at, at one point they had actually had four overtime games in a row, which I do wonder if that kind of played its part in the game against the Rangers where I know they had some time off, but like you're still getting a little exhausted. It's, it's a lot mentally, but they, they've, you know, they've been doing pretty good. They took it to Tampa. Who's a good team. And they just, after beating up the Rangers in DC earlier in the month, I guess the Rangers took it personally and decided to return the favor. Was it a 4 nothing win the Caps had? Do I have that right? I'm looking. I think that's, I think that's right. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a four, back. Yeah, back, on sure. the, back on the ninth, they won 4 nothing. So the Rangers were like, well, we can kind of do it too and win 5-1. to one. So not great. Do, do you think that, do you think that um, the schedule is, is kind of hurting the Capitals a little bit more? They are. Like we said, they are a veteran team. They've got a lot of older players. They do have a lot of younger players, but pretty much they are, are, are dominated with older players, you know, closer to, to their mid-30s. Is the schedule hurting these guys? We were talking about this before we even, you know, got on air, and the schedule is kind of wonky for the Capitals, and it doesn't – things just uh, – they they played the fewest amount of games, but I feel like we saw them do really well before Christmas. Then they get three days off, and then they come in and they they got to find their footing again on the ice. So is the schedule kind of hurting these this team because every time they get a rhythm going, they then get you know three four days off or something like that, and they gotta 
get back to where they were. They got to get the groove back. You know, is that a factor in, in this up and down season that they've had? I mean, if that is a problem, then they're going to love January because they're <laughs> playing a ton. I mean, they played the fewest. I heard this stat last night, and I'm just going to double check to make sure that's correct, but I'm pretty confident that they have played the fewest games. Yep. I mean, given it's only by one with a couple of teams, but they've played the fewest games in the Metro. I don't know if they played it. They haven't played the fewest in the league right now. That looks like it's Ottawa. Who's only played 30. Looks like most right now. Anybody's plays 36. A bunch of teams have played 36. So, you know, having those gaps, they might miss that because they got a ton of games coming up. I mean, just, you know, after the new year, they got, well, they have what a back-to-back yeah, coming back up on, back on the second and third. Well, they got 29th, 30th of, of December. So they got a back to back, a couple days off, back to back, day off, game, day off, game. And the only, the longest stretch they'll have where they can kind of recuperate is they, at the beginning of January, from the 8th to the 10th, they don't play. So they'll have three days off at home. They have a nice home stretch coming up. But, you know, if, if their complaint is that they had too much time off, they're not going to have much to complain about in January. Because they're playing and playing and playing. And in my mind, having an older team, having that time off is actually better because it gives guys who are older, whose bodies don't heal quite as quickly, it gives them a chance to rest. And so I mean, the problem is a lot of the old guys have been out injured. So maybe it's not as big of a problem. I don't know. I mean, if this is a team that needs consistency and needs to be playing to get into a groove, then January is going to be great. If this is a team that needs a break, January is going to suck. And so we'll kind of see what this team is coming up because they're not getting a lot of downtime. You know, I, I, I kind of agree with you in terms of like having a group, I feel like is better because you have the consistency of playing and you're not a mind wandering. You're not, you know, getting your, your sort of muscle memory back into it every, you know, three, four days because you've had all this time off, but you also, you get beat up and there's a fair amount of divisional games coming up. You got the penguins, you got the devils, you got the uh, uh, hurricanes, the Rangers, you have a home and home against the Rangers coming up on the 13th and 14th of January. Like these are a lot of teams that are going to want to hit you and take points off of you. So it's going to be interesting to see what we, you know, if we're talking at the end of the month when they go on a, a West coast trip or central trip, actually middle of the yeah, country. Yeah. It's not really, it's, it's not what, yeah, I guess mid mid country, you know? So we'll see what happens there in terms of how they're doing towards the, towards that trip. But it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Look, look at, I, I mean, I'm glad you brought up the, the January schedule because I didn't really look forward that much to it. But look, 13th and 14th, you have a home and home against the Rangers and the, those are back-to-back games. So any sort of bad blood that happens in that first game is going to trail over because you're literally playing them within 24 hours. But then look at the next week, you have a home and home. Yes, there's a day off in the middle, but you have a home and home against St. Louis, where St. Louis is here on the 18th. Then you fly to St. Louis, and then you are up against St. Louis again on the 20th. I mean, that that is weird. January is going to be a, yeah, very weird scheduling, but this is going to be a rough month. This whole season is weird for the Caps when you have so few games played. And then now you've got this like back to home and home with the Rangers. And then, like you said, like a kind of a home and home with St. Louis, which went, what they'll call up Verona at that point and be like, <laughs> he'll be teared. I hope he, you know, close back up and tears it up. But yeah, it's just a weird schedule. Yeah. 
Well, let's let's kind of look back a little bit here. And uh, Ivan Miroshevchenko, he got his call. He officially started his NHL career. Uh, what did you think of the Miroshevchenko debut? I thought he played well. I think he played, you know, kind of within his skill set. I I think that there's still a lot that they want to see him grow or areas they want to see him grow specifically his defensive responsibilities. I know that's just, those are things that he's been working on in Hershey, but I think his offensive production and this team's occasional lack of offensive production gave him that opportunity to come up. And, you know, obviously I think it's going to be a limited thing. There was a paper transaction where he and LaPierre were sent back down to Hershey over the Christmas break. They of course, you know, brought him back up so he could play against, well, not many people played against the Rangers. They may have been on the ice, but they weren't playing, but he came pretty close to scoring. I think almost in every game he had a pretty good opportunity, both against the Rangers last night and which game was it? There was another one where he has pretty close. Honestly, it was Tampa or Columbus. He was pretty close to getting one. Um, So, you know, I, I was hoping that he was going to get one, kind of get that going, get it started, but a good story. But I think in general, this kid is a really good story. And I think this is a kid who's going to make, a lasting impact on this franchise, not necessarily like an Ovechkin or a Backstrom, but he's going to be a very good player for this team, a top six forward. He's just, he's just not there quite yet. And that's okay. Did you notice who his linesmen were at the end of that Rangers game? I did not. It was an all Russian line of Ovechkin, Kuznetsov and Mir Shevchenko. Uh, I uh, I think that's really good for him. And I mean, that, I thought that was his best shot on goal was towards the end of the game when those were his linesmen. He, I mean, I, I don't know if he hit the post. He was going for, uh, um, um, I guess, glove side, I believe, for a shot up high. And he just was a little too high. I, I thought he got it. I really did. I mean, I really, really thought that the, the, he got his first goal up against the Rangers in the third period. But I found it very interesting that they're going to try that out. They're going to have Ovi and Miro and Kuzi there all on one line, that Russian line, trying to, I think, spark Miro's game, but also try to spark Ovi's game as well. You know... Well, I've actually did finally score. Let's give him some credit. We got an overtime winner. Yes, yes, he's he up to six goals on the season now. It's I don't know what it just. It's hard to. I don't think it's a situation where like his body's breaking down because, or he's not playing as well as he used to because he's hit a ton of posts. It's just like he's got no luck right now. And yeah, it seems like I remember someone kind of put it out. Was it you said it or someone put it on Twitter that like, he's, I think it's on Twitter that he's like bobbling the puck a bit more than he used to, but. It's just, he's just, he's got no luck at all right now. But no, it was, I mean, it's nice to, I didn't actually catch that, that they're all on the ice together, the Russian line. Um, and I, you know, Carberry's just kind of throwing things together, I think, at that point. And I think he also knows, like, we know a bunch of the guys that have been injured. Oshi, um, Pacioretty, other guys, you know, Ethan Bear's likely coming in. So there's gonna be some roster decisions for this team to make. They already kind of started that process when they sent... Lucas Johansson down. And so it was nice for Miroslav to kind of get a cup of coffee in the NHL. Now he knows kind of what the NHL is all about. He, you know, he'll know about the speed of the players. He'll know how they, you know, how the, how the team plays, the hitting and all that aspect. So he's ready. The next time they have to call him up because I imagine he and LaPierre, they're going back down when Pacioretty and, and Oshie are healthy. And then 
it's likely I, would, I you know this is coming from Sammy Silver or the Hockey News, but I would imagine Matthew Phillips is likely the other dude making his way down. I think uh, Pat Toretti and Oshie are skating with the team. Ethan Bear, I believe, who is still yet to be signed, is skating with the team. So it looks like the return for those guys and the the debut of Ethan Bear are pretty soon on the horizon. Yeah, and I think that's what Carberry was talking about before Christmas in terms of like none of these guys are playing before uh, Christmas or the Christmas break, likely coming soon. They're all skating. I think probably Pat Toretti might be the closest have we seen anything about milano i feel like i haven't heard that name in a while um i don't know i actually i have not heard about him because i feel he's another guy that's going to be coming back because like when he's ready when Oshie's ready and patch ready is ready i think that's when we see mirshachenko lapierre go back down and we'll see probably matthew phillips be put on waivers and because i can't think of anyone else on the roster barring a trade to just free up a roster spot i can't very well see anyone else making their way off this roster right now like it just doesn't make sense either you're gonna lose them by waivers and someone you don't want to you want to keep that depth and so while matthew phillips was a great story unfortunately it just hasn't worked out for him in terms of playing time in terms of a roster spot i don't know who's he's taking especially given how a number of these lines have gelled and you're certainly not going to bench oshi or patcheretti i mean the question is who's going to go up into the press box whenever if this ever happens but like when everybody's healthy so, I, you know, there's a lot. These are good questions to have, but I, I don't know who who's the odd man out right now when everyone's healthy. Yeah, but that's the thing. Will everyone ever be healthy? <laughs> it seems like once we get like, all right, yes, finally, this guy's back. Oh, there, there goes somebody else. Yeah, great. We finally got Nick Backstrom back and then he's out. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Oshie, I think, is the big question mark in terms of health given he's you know he's kind of back and forth with being on injury reserve and someone's gonna have to be up in the press box and the you know the easy thing is like okay well it's either gonna be someone on the fourth line is it beck malinston or nicholas abe kubel but we know that the malinston dowd kubel abe kubel line carberry's a big fan of so i i'm curious is there be more of a rotation amongst guys especially with the some of the guys that have been injured coming back well, they'll do a little bit of a rotation on the third line with Kuznetsov between Milano, Oshi, and Pacioretty. So I, I don't know. I'm curious to see what happens there. And these are obviously good things for the Caps to have because these are good players. But these are still interesting situations for a first-year head coach to get right because if he gets them wrong and he gets players frustrated about playing time, then he's got an extra headache on top of all the other issues like this team needing to get wins. Considering basically second through seventh place in the Metro – is separated by like five points. Yeah. So, you know, a couple of losses and you're suddenly stuck in seventh. Columbus is just kind of there hanging out. So there's a lot of decisions for this team to make. Carberry, you can definitely tell he likes having the young guys on the team. I think he knows that you can't uh, have all rookies and you can't have like just an upgraded AHL team on the ice at the NHL level. But you can tell like he 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 likes mentoring. He likes having these young players on the team. He likes giving these guys a chance. I mean, the fact that he brought up Mirov Shevchenko, I, I mean, that should tell you everything about Spencer Carberry because he pretty much was like. He's willing to give anybody a shot. If, if you prove that you can work hard and that uh, you're willing to put in the time, you're going to get a chance to play on Carberry's uh, ice. Yeah, and I think that is a big thing for him is, like, you got to earn it. 
And I think that's important, whether you're a veteran guy, whether you're a young guy. We've seen him kind of put Milano up in the press box when he's not playing well. We know that Matthew Phillips was a guy that he supported in terms of being on this team. And, you know, he's realized that he's the extra forward. And they're going to need that roster spot pretty soon once they have everybody, again, assuming knock on wood, everybody comes back. But once they have everybody back, he's likely to be the odd man out. So there's some interesting choices for him and, and Brian McClellan to make in terms of where this roster is at. And then, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a trade between now and obviously in the trade deadline to see them kind of shake things up. And we'll kind of see what that does. But there's also we haven't seen this team with match Max Pacioretty. We don't know what he's going to bring to this team. Yeah. And, you know, a healthy Milano, a healthy TJ Oshie. Like, what does that do with this team? What does a an Ethan Bear on defense does it kind of solidify the defense a little bit by having a, a little bit of an older guy? He's not only like 26, but having a guy who's been in the league before who can move the puck, who's, you know, looked at a little bit of not a defensive defenseman necessarily. You know, he's not got huge offensive numbers, but he likes to get and play the offensive game and get the puck moving up the ice quickly. And that's, we know, you know, Carberry's big on puck possession. So I'm curious to see how, what he can do. Basically, we haven't really seen this team yet. Which, considering they're kind of... Which is crazy to say, since well, I mean, it's going to be 2024 yeah, no, right? in a couple days. But I feel like that's part of what happens when you have all these injuries. You know, if you had a healthier team, then we kind of would know. And it's not like they just made a bunch of trades to shake things up. They got an opportunity with a free agent who's excited to come here, and I'm sure they're excited to have. They've, they signed the guy in the offseason knowing they weren't going to be able to have him play until later in the season. So, you know, these are... <laughs> it's it's uh, sort of an Arsenal reference, but like... It's like having a new two new signings. I mean, yeah, I literally have one new signing. But we'll see what happens in terms of having these guys on the roster because it could go really, really well for them. Or these could be moves that didn't work out. Right. But that could be the case with anything. You know, you have players that start really well and then kind of trail off, you know, as the season goes on. And then you have guys like Anthony Bantha, who the Caps have been trying to get rid of. And he's like, well, you know what? Now I've turned up and I found line mates that I gel with. And I found a coach that is backing me and believing in me. And not to say that like Laviolette didn't different coaching styles gel with different players. And for whatever reason, Carberry's coaching style has just worked with Anthony Carberry and his coaching staff has worked with Anthony Mantha. And now we're seeing the player that the caps will have an interesting decision to make in terms of the off season. Do you offer him a new contract? Do you let him go? Do you try and trade him at the deadline or after the season to get something for him? And that depends on where they're at in the standings and what they can get. A lot of questions, a lot of uncertainties. Uh, I think, I mean, we, we, we've brought up Ethan Bear a couple times. I still don't understand how the guy is not signed and is skating and everything like that. But, I mean, allegedly he's already signed a contract. It's Playing a two-year with the contract. Face would be my guess. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's it's wild to me that this guy is allowed to do that and nobody's blinking an eye at it. But, hey, I mean, I can't wait to see this guy actually debut. I want to see what all the fuss is about because – like I said a couple uh, episodes ago, uh, Vancouver Canuck fans were like, "Good, take him, have him." You know, he's not <laughs> he's not worth the hassle. So it's a little funny that uh, he's got all this hype around him, and uh, he's going to be a part of this team with with not a lot of uh, uh, with, with with he's practicing and everything, and he doesn't have a contract signed yet. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, anything else we should talk about here in Caps World? Uh, let me check the notes. Did we miss anything that we? jotted down i don't i don't think so i mean they're kind of you know recent history notwithstanding 
they've been doing okay. They've been doing pretty good. You know, they're two one and one over the last four games. That's not it's not bad. No, and, and the uh, it's a lot of overtime wins. It's uh they've gone to shootouts, but it was good to see that they had some fight in them before Christmas, and uh, they didn't quit, and uh, they kept going. So I mean, It'd be nice if they win in freaking regulation. That would be nice. That would be nice if they could just win in three three. Especially periods. when you're going who to was, these overtime games the... against divisional opponents. Like, stop giving your divisional opponents points. Right? You do it against Tampa. They're not a division. I don't care if we take an extra point off of them. You know, we get two, they get one. But, like, Columbus, because they're kind of garbage. But, like, the Islanders, why are you giving them an extra point? Carolina, why are you giving them an extra point? Win in regulation, yeah. too, taking both points. Yeah, we need we need those points. It's they're going to become more and more important as the season goes on. All right. Well, if that's it for what's going on in Caps World, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with Down on the Farm. But here's a quick word from some of our sponsors. everybody how's it going welcome back to the show here we go we're going down on the farm we're going to talk about the hershey bears the south carolina stingrays and a little bit of world junior news coach dan catch us up what's going on down on the farm well let's start in hershey where the bears went three and oh with a shootout win over springfield and regulation wins over wilkes-barre scanton scranton there's an r there and providence (laughs) The Bears are currently first in both the Atlantic Division and the entire AHL with 50 points. They're 11 up on Cleveland in the AHL and 15 up on second place Hartford in the Atlantic. Now, they'll be back at it on Friday in Rochester before heading to Lehigh Valley on Saturday. They then return to the Giant Center on Wednesday when they host Charlotte. In other Bears news, head coach Todd Nelson will be coaching the Atlantic Division All-Stars at the AHL All-Star Classic. So that's a pretty cool opportunity for him. I wonder how much coaching really goes into an All-Star game. You're like, okay, you guys go now. Go play. All right, spend a minute. You guys go play. <laughs> I was reading into this, and I found it very interesting that he's coached, I think, like four times for the AHL All-Star game. But it's also how many games you win as a coach going through the season. That's what gets you the award of being able to coach the all-star game. I didn't know that. I, I just thought it was kind of like, all right, we're just picking one of the coaches and, and calling it, calling it a day, but no, like you have to earn that spot, which I think is kind of different. Yeah, I think it's the AHL, at least in the NHL do it the same way where it's the coaches that are leading their divisions at a certain point. They get the, to, to coach the all-star game. I feel like the first time, is really cool if you're a coach. And then after that, you're like, dang, I was looking towards a little vacation. Right. Like, now I got to go. Because, like, playing in it is different, I feel like, than coaching it. Playing in it, you get to actually go and do some stuff and screw it around. Versus coaching it, you have, like, a stopwatch. You're like, all right, yep, been 45 seconds. Next line. Oh, no, they scored a goal. Like, you're not getting anything for it, right? You're like, it doesn't hurt you in the standings. You're like, oh, oh shucks, you know? So, and maybe they get, I don't know, maybe there's, like, a financial incentive or something for doing it, but. It's yeah, a nice opportunity. It. It's nice to be recognized, but I also kind of wonder if sometimes, sometimes coaches are like, damn, I would like those few extra days off. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say this is his fourth time doing it, and that is a new league record. So that is pretty cool for him to be doing it. But like you said, I'm sure he's like, all right, I've, I'm done now. <laughs> 
yeah, I, it's not like he's like, okay, got to make sure that guy when he's coming down, you know, make sure you pass it. Like, no, he's like, just go play. Yeah. It's the all-star game. Like, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, let's head on down to South Carolina where the Stingrays went 2-0 and with wins over Jacksonville and Atlanta. They're actually on a nice six-game winning streak, which has put them second in the South Division with 36 points, four back of first place Greenville. In fact, their win on Wednesday was the franchise's 1,200th win, which is a pretty impressive feat. Now, they'll be back at it on Thursday in Orlando before heading back home to the North Charleston Coliseum to host those same Solar Bears. In World Juniors news, Capitals prospect Ryan Leonard made an impact immediately in the U.S.'s first game against Norway. Leonard got an assist and had eight shots on goal, which was a game high. U.S. beat Norway 4-1 to in their opener. Currently at the time of recording, the U.S. is up against Switzerland. That's what's going on down on the farm. All right, go Bears, go Stingrays, and go Team USA in the World Juniors. We're going to take another break, and then we'll be back with Around the NHL and Beyond. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. It is time for Around the NHL and Beyond. High emphasis this week on the and beyond part. Coach Dan, catch us up. What is going on around the NHL and beyond? Let's start in the Pacific Northwest, where the NHL Winter Classic is scheduled for New Year's Day. The outdoor game will feature the Seattle Kraken. I got to admit, that name has grown on me a bit. I know. I, I, was I big, still think of the I, rum every time. I didn't know that was a thing. But I, you know, I, I wasn't a fan of it before. Why is this picture on Twitter? I wasn't a fan of it before. It has grown on me. I still think it's kind of silly, but whatever. I And the S logo, I wasn't a big fan of. That's grown on me a bit. I still think it's a better secondary logo, but that's fine. Anyways, they're going to be taking on Vegas at T-Mobile Park in Seattle. I would actually find it interesting. Someone do this because I don't feel like actually looking it up. I'd be curious to see all of the Winter Classic games they've had. Take out the Heritage and the Outdoor games. Although maybe, actually, you know what? Well, not the Heritage Games because there's not as many baseball stadiums in Canada. But the Winter Classics and the Outdoor Games, I want to see how many were at football fields versus how many were at baseball stadiums. Because I feel like we talked about this years ago, but baseball stadiums are more geared towards a Winter Classic because all the seats are facing home plate, which is typically in that area, like the infield grass and dirt. That's where the rinks are normally set up versus a football stadium. Everybody's kind of looking straight ahead. So... That'd be an interesting stat. I I also want to know, you might know this, maybe you'll remember, but how many Stanley Cup champions from the year before have them played in the Winter Classic the next year? Because Vegas, they are the reigning Stanley Cup champions, and now they're in the Winter Classic. Has that happened before, where they've had the the Cup champion in the Classic the very next year? I don't know. I We'd have to look that up. I have no idea. But also, like, it's, I mean, you know, they, they announced these well in advance, so before the, the you know, prior year's winner. So it would have to be coincidental to an extent. Also, oh, I get it, because this is the two most recent franchise. I was like, there's no rivalry between these two, so why are they playing? Oh, duh, because they're the most recent new teams in the league. So, like, let's make it a cool thing. Yeah, well, I mean, Winter Classic, and you're up against the two 
uh, youngest teams in the NHL. At this point, well, at this point, I think Classic is more about it just being the game itself. While yeah, they've been doing it for a while now, which is still kind of a cool thing. I don't. This one probably won't have as many eyes on it because of the two. You know, just because West Coast teams don't tend to have as many eyes on them as East Coast teams, just because of population in the U.S. is higher on the East Coast, but. Or at least, yeah, east and west. That's what right, hold on. Doesn't right, matter. So I'm, I, yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking at the Wikipedia here. Uh, let's, so let's see. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven football stadiums, and we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten baseball stadiums. Interesting. Now that's just winter classics, not including the outdoor games. That is winter classics, correct? Okay. All right. No, yeah. I mean it makes sense to have more of my baseball stadiums because, like I said, the fields—I mean, the seats are facing home plate, so they're facing the ice. Anyways, back in NHL news, rookie Connor Bedard continues to impress as he netted a Michigan goal on Saturday night against St. Louis, but he was not to be outdone as Ducks forward Trevor Zegers—he did the same thing. On the same night. That's certainly a rarity for the NHL to get two Michigan goals in one night. In professional women's hockey league news, Minnesota has named former Caps defenseman Ken Klee as their new head coach. That was not a name that I have heard in quite some time. So when that <laughs> popped up on Twitter, I was like, oh, 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 man, I haven't thought about Ken Klee in forever. Now, he replaces Charlie Berggraf, who has decided to step away from the team. Klee. Like I said, he was a former Caps first round pick in 1990. He spent nine seasons in D.C. from 94 until 2003. You were talking about the World Juniors earlier, or I guess I'd say we were. That tournament is in full swing. Now, due to the tournament being ongoing and this not being live radio, by the time you listen to this podcast, the standings will have changed. So here are some highlights from the first few days. Germany, for the first time ever, was able to beat Finland at the World Juniors with a final score of 4-3. to three. Canada, not being very nice, they defeated Latvia 10-0. I know, but, like, they're adult. Well, they're not. Well, I guess they're mostly adults, and, like, they're allowed to play, but, like, 10-0 just seems a bit much. <laughs> Norway was able to keep the USA scoreless in the first period of their game, but as we talked about before, they were able to find a way to win 4-1. to one. And finally, while there may not have been any suspensions or fines in the NHL, Swedish defenseman and Winnipeg Jets prospect Elias Salomonsson was suspended one game for a check into the boards against Latvia forward Emils Vikantens during their game on Tuesday. That's the news for the past week in the NHL and beyond. Absolutely loving watching the World Juniors. I've tried to catch at least a little bit of every single game, and it has been an absolute blast to watch all these young guys uh, playing their hearts out and at the international level. I don't know. It's just something special about watching games over in Europe. I think, I, I'm guessing that's why you enjoy the, uh, the football that is not American, but it's just... <laughs> It's just something different, and it's a lot of fun, and I love that they're representing their countries. But uh, I love the World Juniors. It's one of my favorite times of the year. So, Coach Dan, is that everything? Have we finished the show? Are we done uh, this episode of What the Puck? I think that's it, buddy. 
All right, everybody. Well, if you'd like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. All you have to do is follow us both on X, formerly Twitter. You can follow me at Brando Cash. Coach Dan, where can people follow you at? You can find me on Twitter, WTP Coach Dan, talking all kinds of Capitals related hockey, including last night when they should have just waved a white flag and went home early. <laughs> I'm on there talking about, Brandon was talking about my fascination with European football and Arsenal Football Club on there talking about them, as well as all sorts of other teams talking about the Bills, the Commanders. Commanders right now, everybody, I don't know if you saw, you didn't because you're a Ravens fan, but the Commanders came back with like a late game. They took the lead. I don't even remember who they were playing. I'm totally blanking on it right now. The Jets. And then the Jets went on to win on a field goal, and Commanders fans were elated with the fact that they were able to get the loss because it just gives us a dra better draft pick because right now this team sucks. As a, as a Ravens has fan. Been, quote unquote benched in favor of Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> Reality is how just getting, he's not playing very well. It's not going to help his development getting beat up every week. Like let him go chill on the sidelines. We'll see what happens. If they get a really good draft pick, he might not be here anymore because they might go and draft a quarterback, but this team is definitely hitting like a, a reset. I mean, they already did that with a new ownership. And so we'll see. Uh, what as a Ravens fan, you stay away from Mike McDonald. He is our defensive coordinator. You don't want him as a head coach. He is ours. You leave him alone. Don't touch him. Stay away. I feel like they're going to talk to him. No, they're going to go and get a new GM. And I think one of the people that's, I don't remember who it is, but there's some dude in Baltimore that like has been part of the, or not part of the conversation, but like people think is someone they want to talk to about their open G or what will be their open GM position. And so we'll see if they do a little raid of the Ravens. Anyway, somehow that was following me on Twitter at WTP coach Dan, but Hey, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash what the fuck pod. It's where we post when new shows are coming out as well as all sorts of things related to the Washington capitals, the Hershey bears, South Carolina stingrays, occasionally the Hershey Cubs. The World Juniors, the PWHL, and other things that Brandon finds interesting in the wide world of hockey. That's Facebook.com slash WhatThePuckPod. But Brandon, we were just talking football for a little bit. We were talking about the Commanders and the Bills and the Ravens. But uh, my understanding is if someone happens to be a fan of a certain purple-clad team based out of Baltimore, is there a podcast they should follow? So you can check out my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. Me and my buddy Josh, twice a week, we talk about the Baltimore Ravens and how they are going to win the Super Bowl in just a couple weeks. That's right. Acknowledge them. That's what we got to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know it. Don't act like you don't. Dude, my, the whole thing is there are so many times where teams have been like really good and then there's like, oh, no, they suck again. Like, look at the Eagles when everyone's <laughs> like, they're going to win it all. And there's just like, loss, 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 loss. And then there was like the Niners are the best. And then they got embarrassed by the Ravens. So like now it's your turn to go through this. Like you're going to be great. And then something's going to happen. Make sure you're social with our show. What the puck? Write us an Apple podcast review. Rate us over on Spotify. Let people know on all of your favorite social media platforms. Say I'm a Washington Capitals fan. I listen to what the puck and you should too. So that is pretty much it for the show this week. Let's go over the games until we talk again on Friday, December 29th. The Capitals are on Long Island up against the islanders that game is at 7 30 you can watch that one locally on monumental sports network uh two 
And then on Saturday, so this is a back-to-back, on Saturday, December 30th, the Capitals welcome the Predators from Nashville to D.C. That game is at 7 o'clock. You can watch that one on the Monumental Sports Network. And then on Tuesday, January 2nd, the Capitals are up against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That one is going to be on ESPN Plus and Hulu exclusively. And then on Wednesday, January 3rd, it's going to be Wednesday night rivalry night. That game is the New Jersey Devils at uh, in D.C. up against the Capitals. That is a 7.30 start, and you can watch that one nationally on TNT and stream it on Max. And then we'll be back to talk Caps hockey after that. So, Coach Dan, we got a back to we got two back to backs. Look at that. Two back to backs. OK, here we go. All right. So, Coach Dan, what's your prediction here? We got two back to backs. What goalie's playing uh, what game here? Let's start off with Islanders and Nashville. Hang on. I'm looking up Nashville's. I'm going to say lingering, on, especially because Kemper just played lingering on Long Island and Kemper in Nashville. That's good. So we, we have a chance to win if Lindgren's in net. That's good. Oh, come uh, down. <laughs> And then Tuesday, Wednesday, we got Penguins versus Devils. Who's got uh, which game there? Ooh, that's a tough one. See, I'm going to go again. Lindgren, I'm going the same order. Lindgren in Pittsburgh and Kemper against the Devils. All right. I can see that one. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Wow. Two back-to-backs. These guys are going to be tired. Good thing they got three days off. Those are both really big games, by the way. I mean, given things have yeah. changed because they have a couple games before that, but you got the Penguins who are right behind you and the Devils who are right behind you in the standings. So those are those are huge. These are upcoming divisional games over the next couple of weeks are massive to get some. Se- and you have the Islanders even before that to get some separation in this division. Got lots going on. Going to be a fun month to talk Caps hockey with Coach Dan in January. Here we go, guys. Welcome to 2024. It's right around the corner. All right, we're going to get out of here because the USA game against Switzerland is just about to start, and we're going to go watch that one now. So everybody, say it loud, say it proud. Let's go, Caps. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.